What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 217 of Real Estate Podcast. I'm here with Griffin. I'm here with Trav. I'm here with Adam. This week we watched the Peanut Butter Falcon. Peanut Butter Falcon. We, I f- I'm pretty sure we watched this trailer on the podcast. Right? Oh, yeah. 2019 um, I mean, or 18, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's got our boy Shy in it, you know? Mm-hmm. We don't shy away from much, you know, especially shy. <laughs> um, this is the first time I've watched it. I know, I think Adam's seen this yeah, before. Yeah, I saw right? it when it came out. And Remember, I watched like, this Man. and I watched Honey Boy and was like, y'all, fucking LaBeouf is back. I mean, and he is, though, right? I mean, like. This was his return after his little rehab stint after he got all up in that cop's face. Right. We got arrested. I mean, who who hasn't want to get up in a cop's face, though? I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. Um, But yeah, man, Peanut Butter Falcon. And I like whenever you watch, you're like, man, it's feel good. It's like way, way back feel good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I'm like, mm, you know, the movies hit different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's funny, though. Um, Dude, like them having funny. fun's fun. That's the fun part. Whenever yeah, he comes out of that store, and he's like, "You fucking criminal!" Yeah, right. Like Jim's then he was cool with him. Before that, he's like, yeah. "Stop talking." Yeah. Hey, Tyler, shit was Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. He's <laughs> yeah. like, "Don't say it again." We gotta stop with this Tyler shit. Ask me whatever questions you want to ask me right now. <laughs> 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 that shit was so fucking funny, though, man. Yeah. He's just like, rule one, don't slow me down. What's rule one? Party. Party. No, that is not rule one. <laughs> rule one is do not slow me down. They What's rule like, one? We gotta have a, it's, it's not a secret handshake. It was a special handshake. Yeah. And it was, man. Yeah. They did it after Every, special yeah. shit. He's like, yeah. he's like, well, I'd like to learn it. And he was like, well, you, you have something special has to happen. Like when we almost got ran over by the boat. <laughs> she's like what you yeah. almost got rid of he's like yeah we almost got hit by a shrimp boat like nonchalant no yeah. we've just been <laughs> living yeah uh so i mean it opens with zach right mm-hmm. yeah and and giving the lady the letter yeah giving the lady the letter that had a drawing on it that was like pudding you know, yeah. me fucking dipping out of here. And she's like, I got you. And she like faked a choke, faked mm-hmm. a cough over here. And he fucking hauled ass. And then he gets tackled out of nowhere. Yeah. You're like, damn, that's going to be one of them kind of movies. Have to you know what I mean? Use like, a flight risk. <laughs> and I was like, why are they labeling him as a flight risk? Like, in like, okay. So are they afraid that he's going to try to jump out of the plane? Is that the flight risk part of it? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't understand that. And they bring it well, up. I'm sure. Times. I'm sure. Like a. I'm sure. Like a special needs person having a panic attack is probably drastically different than like the three of us. Yeah, that's true. I didn't like, think about that. Like they, they're not going to think. They're not. They're not going to probably factor in the fact that they're you know so many thousand feet up in the air. Yeah, I think a flight like, risk. Fuck you! Get runner. away from me. Oh, basically, I never, I never dug too deep into that. 
I mean, I don't plan on flying anyway. Yeah. So, you know, but you could still I, I be, might be you could still be a flight risk. Like you'd leave, you know. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to Shy Man, and he's he's seen better days. Yeah. And then he's the bottom dropped out, couple. you know. Yeah, for real. Um, he's seen he's he's had some better years. He's out here know? stealing motherfuckers' crab pots. Yeah, I know, right? And I was like, oh, he's a fucking. He's fucking related to Gump, but no, yeah. he's, he's still in Gump shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then we see the introduction of uh, Riff Raff and Yellow uh, Wolf. or Yellow Wolf. I got Riff Raff on the brain mm-hmm. and the brother from Eastbound and Down. Yeah. And it was good to see him. Like I've only yeah. ever really seen him in Eastbound and Down. Eastbound, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he did a good it's, part. It's, that was a good role for him. Like he looks like yeah. that guy. Yeah, so he looks, wolf. yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, What about those look. guys that were chasing you? Are they good guys or bad guys? Like he just yeah. they're bad guys. Yeah, bad, bad guys, yeah. It's like I mean he didn't know he was gonna burn the whole dock down. No, no. He said they, they, just they got to... a roadblock on fucking twenty one. He said, Twenty one, huh? Roadblock? I think I'm gonna get out right here. <laughs> yeah, I left something back there. Yeah. <laughs> He was trying. He had a plan, though, man. He was like, "I'm gonna fucking going to Florida." Get in the boat. Yeah, I'm gonna go to Florida, dude. Whenever he runs off to hide from them, how'd they not how'd see they not, him? Yeah. How did what they was not funny see him was like from where he was at, they were just right there. Yeah. When I went yeah. cut to the other side, it's like you couldn't see nothing. I was like, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> not in a bright, not in boat, water. You know? It's all the fucking yeah. same level, dude. Yeah. You know. <laughs> It's that perspective shift, man. <laughs> then that dude puked and it, he was like, put his hand over his mouth. Yeah. Man, he just blew chunks been on all boat. over you. Yeah. They didn't care. He's like, shut up, rat boy's going to kill me. <laughs> I can't remember yeah, the other right. name, but they're called Yellow Wolf Rat Boy, which he fit, it fits him. Yeah, it really does, right? Um, And then. So Zach is escaping the nursing nursing home, old folks home, so that he can go to this wrestling school. Yeah. That's uh what was his name? Saltwater Redneck. Saltwater Redneck in Louisiana. <laughs> I mean, that's super fitting, right? Yeah. Saltwater Redneck. I kinda it sounds like it should be a wrestler. A wrestler from like the the eighties or early nineties, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it sounds real, you know. He tells him he's like a man himself. Yeah, I know, right? And he's got like, look, every time that, Uh well, not only that, but every time I think about that actor, like, I don't picture him in my mind as being tall and lanky. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I picture him as like, he was in um, Tombstone. Yeah. Right. And, And he played Sandman. He's been in several things. But every time I envision this guy, I never picture him as like tall, lanky with the goatee. Mm-hmm. When he shows up in that car and his face is all painted and yeah. shit, I'm like, he just saved the fucking day. Yeah, you know what I mean? Awesome. Like, yeah, he'll that was really be, good. He'll always be Harry from Dexter to me. Yeah, I'm, I always put him as the dad on uh, Killer Joe because he just plays the dumbass dad. Yeah, I mean, I mean, before that, he was raiding in that shitty sequel to Mortal Kombat. It's tough. 
<laughs> we can't miss Bruce Stern. Dude, Bruce, Bruce Stern's Bruce Stern in there for a little. He's like, if I had a fucking yeah. dollar every time I watched this fucking tape. Yeah. And he was that guy, like, he wasn't being an asshole. No. Was just an old he was dude. Just, yeah, he you was know? just kind of like, to me, he was trying to make like, people laugh. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. But I get where he's um, coming from. He's like, I don't know. I used to be an engineer. You know, he's on there opening in those bars. <laughs> yeah. He said, you've it's seen different. him to kid strong and act like he pulled it apart. <laughs> he was she for it, though. He wanted like, him to get out. Yeah. I mean, well, he dude, knew that the sucks. Score. You know, having to live in an old folks' home would be like, what, probably like 20 or something, 21. I don't know how old yeah. it was. Enough. Well, and not only not only that, but like think about kind of like the the public – you know, the public, uh, interpretation of special needs individuals, right? Yeah. Like they and can't Bruce, do nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And Bruce Dern, they lived in like, the same room. Be all right. Yeah. Like he knew like this dude's really smart. He'll find his way. You know, he, I mean, he doesn't have life experience and at the end of the day, he didn't have life experience. You know what I'm saying? Oh, dude. Um, he did after because that trip of, though. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I really liked how they, how they played on, especially Shia LaBeouf's character, where you know he was just like he can put his own shirt on, like. Well, you know, yeah, quit. he's like, don't do that. Yeah, he's like, yeah, quit treating him like that. Yeah, what's and wrong with like, his ankle? He's like, he's just doing that because you're here. Yeah, he didn't right, say nothing yeah. about it earlier. Yeah, Eleanor. He can decide. Yeah, he can decide what he wants to eat. Like he's, you know, he's Perfectly a person. Capable, like yeah. treat him. Yeah, treat him like a fucking person. The scene person, where he's man. like, we're going to do some well, training just because we're on the boat. He's like, put your head under the water. See how long you hold your breath. <laughs> and he let her have it. Yeah. What are you going to say, Trav? I was just saying that uh, it, it's it's the kind of movie that'll make you think about, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with situations of people and, you know, people who where we kind of write them off to, to assume that they can't take care of themselves. And I know that in some, some cases that's absolutely true, but for for instance, like characters, like in, you know, like in this movie, you know, there are people that can, they can function. They may need a little guidance here and there, but for the most part, they, they're, they're just as capable of living a normal life. Yeah. I'll bet with a few, you know, a few cav- caveats or, you know, yeah but yeah i mean it i I would i would i would throw this movie in the same category with like stuff like Derek. yeah 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 uh you know is he having a laugh no (laughs) wrong show but (laughs) wrong show Derek's really good yeah it is Uh, sad but good (laughs) it is yeah it's very depressing but it is yeah but you know he was living in like an old folks home yeah, the same. and it's that I actually knew someone that was my age, and you know, had the mindset of maybe like a you know like a twelve or a ten year old, and lived in an old folks home. Yeah, that happens a lot. Know, it just it just it just seems particularly evil to how we like society at large will will deprive an individual of the ability to experience things. Yeah, yeah. And because because a group of people just decided to go, you know what? Well, we don't want to deal with him. It really. usually starts while they're in school, yeah. Where they're like, yeah. okay, yeah. they're not going to be able to, 
you know, yeah, function. Yeah. It's like, well, let's let's work with them here. Let's, yeah, you know. Well, and then that kind of goes, you know. So in the 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 current climate of the world right now, it's like equality full across the board. You know, like there's certain movements going on for specific, you know, sections of the population and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. But where is like this movement? Yeah, at? you know what I mean. Well, like, I think this I mean, movie you know, was this guy. I don't know the people that made it. The writers, you know, they wrote and directed it. That's the, that's them kind of putting it out there because I never thought about that. Yeah, exactly. So I saw that and I was like, you're kind of right, man. Like, yeah. I mean, I've I've worked. Yeah, where's their been voice around, for yeah, them? I've I've worked and and been around and went to school with uh people with special needs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And dude, I went to school with a kid from kindergarten all the way up until graduation that had special needs, and he was a huge wrestling fan, right? Yeah. So like this movie, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he was one of the best fucking basketball players i've ever seen in my life like no shit he goes anywhere on that court and he can fucking make i don't understand how it works i've never been that good at basketball (laughs) for real right and and it's like you know whenever i'm around someone that has uh special needs or anything like that like once you start talking to them and actually see what they're capable of processing yeah then you can actually have a conversation with them without making it sound like you're talking to a child. Yeah. Well, you'll hear a lot of like older people doing that to them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no man, talking to them like they can't hear. I'm like, why are you yelling at him? He can hear. What what are you (laughs) exactly? Like what what the fuck is the problem? Don't do that. Yeah. Um, and, and, but back to what I was saying before though, it's like, that's something that I can 110% get behind. It's like, you know, the, those people deserve just as much attention and shot at everything as everybody else does. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there may be some things that they're not capable of doing this, that, and the other. And, but that's the same with any individual, right? Like yeah. I can't, I can't do certain things, right? I just can't. There's just no way for me to, to do it. Yeah. But I've, I've learned my limitations and I've learned how to work and live around those things. And that's something that well, you develop at at an early age. Like he told him, he said, there's stuff you ain't never going to do. You ain't never going to be a, a Olympic swimmer. Yeah. You ain't going to be a basketball player. Yeah. But you're strong. Yeah. There used to be <laughs> a guy that would come of- by the shop, man, Robert. And I picked it up early on because I would tell him, I'd like, you know, I'd recommend stuff to him. And I knew he couldn't like read and stuff because right. he would come by there and want me to like help him with his phone, set yeah, stuff yeah. up. And I just thought I never like charged him anything to do it. I just did it, man. Then it got to where, you know, he'd be hitting me up. He's like, Hey, uh, you you like Dr. Who? And I'm like, I do. And he's like, I'm going to bring you some Dr. Who stuff. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Oh, we'd be a buddy, buddy. Yeah. I have a conversation, man. Yeah. But, but, and that's the thing that I kind of got from like, this was a love letter, you know, a passion project. Uh, Obviously the, the the person that they're the people that wrote this probably one exp- of the directors' you know, name is Tyler. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Tyler Nielsen. Yeah, 
so that, I mean, this is probably a very strong connection about, you know, for sure. And maybe it had something to do with like, you know, he went to school with someone like that or, you know, any, it could be anything really, um, that he was friends with. And it's like, you know, it's bullshit the way that these, you know, this guy was treated. Like, look, let's have it a, a classic adventure film, you know? And it's amazing that they weren't kids. You know what I'm saying? Like they were adults. Both of them were adults. The you know trivia. what I mean? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. What, what's the, well, they met Zach at a camp for disabled, non-disabled people. And he expressed his desire to be a movie star. Wow. So they made a movie for him. And I mean, look how fucking, look how good it turned out. Yeah. I mean, I think that like Shia LaBeouf's performance, like his character is very relatable. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To to a certain extent. I mean, we've all been down on our luck and things like that, right? We've all had, you know, situations, issues, things like that come up that we're trying to deal with. And, and he then was him, a child like, star. You know, and that's. Yeah, yeah. They don't normally make it out of that. That's. Yeah. You're going to be a little fucked up. No one's told oh, him yeah, no for, sure. for like 25 years, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh. Um, you ever notice in movies like these that they always, like, it always feels like it highlights this thing of, oh, look at how patient the main character became with the, with the special person. Mm-hmm. Like, patience is a fucking superpower. Because I mean, well, most I mean, like I mean, you could trace and you could trace that back to a lot of films that deal with a duo, you Rain know, Man. where you have, yeah, and 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 the whole thing is it's that like is part of it though. The the thing that makes it work is patience. Well, yeah, and it but but like it seems doesn't it doesn't it seem redundant? Like it seems like it seems like everybody could should just know that at least by now. do that. That everybody can do that. Just be patient. I don't mean to get all deep the world about shit, but like, yeah, you're talking to me. It's just, it, it's you just something it. that you, <laughs> you know it's just something you see with these types of movies, man, is that, you know, cause that's, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's like, Hey guys, maybe if we're just patient, everyone has opportunities. Right. But well, and, but you saw like, to me, like this movie kind of goes beyond that to a certain extent, because like, they have that moment, you know, where it, they have that the moment before he goes to the convenience store. Yeah. And then they have that moment, like after all that crazy shit happens that, um, they're well, just they're the chilling. Falcon. Oh yeah. Where they're just talking. Well, well not even talking. There's no, there's no, oh, they don't even speak. Dialogue. Well, he's, he decides to take him out there and teach him how to swim. Yeah. And it's like that mo- like, and you see these flashbacks through the film where it's like, he learned, yeah, he learned from it his was brother. like a brother relation. He was playing the big brother to him. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. And then yeah. and then you also saw that like yes, you see the patience thing come into it, but he he was an early adopter to the like I may run out of patience with this person, but he has no skills. Like he doesn't have any skill sets in anything yeah. because he's been in the situation that he's been in. And like but he didn't know that until he met the girl. 
Yeah, exactly. That's why he was and the way he was with him. Like he was like, "Why are you following me around?" Like, you, what? You, he didn't know the story because the yeah, you know, kid didn't think to tell him. I just escaped the fucking yeah. You know, he didn't know. He's like, his house might be two blocks that way. You know, why yeah. are you following me? Right. But when he came back and those kids were trying to get him to jump off that thing, he was like, he can't swim. Dude, he yeah. went up there. When that kid like pushed him off, he went up there and punched the shit out of that little kid. <laughs> He's like, you won't ever do that again. Oh. I was like, hit that little motherfucker, dude. Yeah, for real. Fuck right? him. That shit, whenever they get to the convenience store and he's like, do you have any money? He goes, I don't have any money. Pockets. I don't have any pockets. He said, Here's he said pockets. I'm going to give you some, yeah, I'm gonna give you some pockets. I was like, wow. You know, like I've ne- never thought about it that way. You know what I'm saying? But like the way he acts, man, like that character that he played in that movie. Yeah. Uh, Bell, like when the girl comes in, you know, just the way yeah. he, would talk, he kind of mumble, you know? Yeah. And just shoot his shot, dude. Yeah. He was, <laughs> he shoot was a classic shot. Gretzky. Wasn't he? Yeah. But when he came um, out, he's like, oh, you little criminal. Yeah. Ooh. All right, we're back. We're live. Yeah, we had a little technical difficulty, a little Mr. A little technical TD. Over here. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we're back. But I was talking about when he was in the store, and he was like, you got any of those little, what do you say, airplane whiskeys? And yeah. at first I was like, airplane whiskeys? I was like, oh, the small, like the. The little and he was one. like, I got this. He's like, I can't afford that. And he's like, I don't know, man. You look like you need it. I'm going to let you have it. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's on me. It's like, well, let him have the fucking ding-dongs and the can of beans. Yeah, for real. <clears throat> he's like, the sandwich is $5. He's like, fuck the sandwich. Yeah, he's he's about now. Yeah. Dude, he took peanut butter and fish hooks. Yeah. Didn't even need the fish hooks. Dude could catch them by, by hand. Like, Dude, that was fucking awesome. When he right? came up with that, that's yeah, when like, oh! like, the whole like vibe of the trip changed right there when the girl was at it. Like when he came up with the fish and they were beating it, you know? Yeah. Dude, when he threw those keys and started dancing (laughs) and Shia LaBeouf was doing it with his knees, like, yeah, it's like, this is fucking hilarious. He, and his response was so genuine. Like that was not scripted at all. You could tell. And he just started laughing. He's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> look at him. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know, the, like, um, how they, they could make a movie together and then, like, not be friends after. Dude. Because their relationship was just. Man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Legit, like, hanging out every weekend for sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But. No, nah, man. I really enjoyed it. And, uh. I'm glad I finally got around to watching it. Like, I want to watch Honey Boy now. Yeah. So it's worth watching. Yeah. After I saw <laughs> these two movies, well, I saw Honey Boy, and then I saw this one, and I was like, I get it. Yeah. You know, you're trying to, like, you know, make up for it. Yeah. For being a dick, you know? Which he was. Yeah. But, hey. I um, mean, Dude, that cop, whenever he went to jail, he was like, there's actually a recording of it. I'm not going to repeat what he said, but he was talking shit to this cop. I think it was in Georgia. Maybe Savannah or something. I think he was maybe doing a movie or something. He got arrested. He was drunk and started talking mad shit, you know? Yeah. You know, like, fuck you. Who the fuck do you think you are? You know? Yeah, I'm Shia LaBeouf. Bitch. After that, man, I- like, once he got out of rehab, he, like, befriended the cop 
and would like go on fishing trips with him and hang out with him. And yeah. Yeah. You know, it's that thing they do when they get out where it's like, all right. What was that thing we watched? Uh, Bucky got your list, man. And you gotta, you know, gotta go conquer it. Yeah. Make it right. Yeah. But yeah, man, I really enjoyed it. I would definitely pick this up. I mean, I bought fucking, uh, way, way back on Blu-ray at Walmart. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Way, way back when? If I ever said uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I just said it to say that. Um, <laughs> but if I, uh, if I ever come across it in the wild, I'll definitely pick it up because I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's a really not very good, long. Feel good. It's no, you know, it, it it's kind of a, you it's, know, you know, it's going to surprise people too. Cause it's like, I almost don't like recommended a Shia LaBeouf movie to people. Cause I know right. they're already going to be like, I don't know, man. And it's like, it's different, man. He's, he's playing the good guy this time. I can't yeah. see anybody else playing the, that role in that movie. No, not at all. Not at all. Perfect Tyler. Yeah. Fantastic movie. Would watch again. I want to, before we fucking get going, like, so his, his journey, Zach's journey is to go to this wrestling training camp, yeah, right? That he saw on a very old VHS. Yeah. Very Had to old, be that, yeah. like late eighties, early nineties on that tape. Yeah. Yeah. So at least what? 20 years, at least tw- maybe 25 years. I mean, like, um, and he shows up, and like that conversation that Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, he's happens, like, I ain't trying to put this shit on your porch, man. But yeah, you know, like we we kid, had a we had a little, we went on a long journey to get here. Like you have no idea, we got. I would have went into detail. We almost yeah. got hit by a shrimp boat. We got shot at. <laughs> yeah, I burned down a dock. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's a, yeah, we got drunk. Caught a fish with bare hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Like him, what convers- he said, like they went on a journey. It was like that's an understatement, dog. Like it was yeah, an adventure. Yeah. And then they show up, and like he has that conversation with him, man, where he's just like, you know, like he recognized the situation. He said, "You see that boy back there? Yeah, you get it. You understand what's happening? Yeah. And um." You know, like the idea, because how good did it make you feel, dude, when he came rolling up in that car? Yeah, because when they were leaving, you're like, "It's a fucking bummer, dude." Yeah, he's like, "I don't want to go. I want to stay here. He's here somewhere. I want to look for him." And it's like, "Oh man, he don't get that. That's not you know." Yeah, and Shiloh, oh Tyler's walking around like, "God damn it," you know. Yeah, I got to let him down like that because that just turned into his whole mission. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought whenever I was watching it that they were going to get there and he was going to be dead. Yeah. And you like, knew there was going to be some know, kind of bummer. I was like, third act's coming. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hey, they're going to get there. He's going to be dead. Then he's going to have to explain like what life and death is to this kid. And yeah. like, he's, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's going to be a whole big thing. And, you know, all the, and no, dude, like when he fucking rolls up in that car. Doing fucking whip that, the shitties. Yeah. Like almost wrecks 
the car. You know, yeah, almost hits like, him. No stunt driver. <laughs> yeah, that was actually him driving the car for sure, right? Like no stunt driver, just him. Um, and then he's like, "Come on!" And they go back to the trailer. Yeah, and like same trailer. He called. Like we were just that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do, put, he called put like ropes. And yeah, on fucking fence yeah. post. Yeah, and pallets and shit to make it. And then he's just training him. He's like, I want to think, what was it, the atomic, atomic throw? Yeah, and he was like, that was all smoke and mirrors, man. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I'd hold them up <laughs> over my head. They'd cut to me, the camera, do a close-up, and it'd throw somebody out of the ring, you know. Yeah. It's all smoke and mirrors. I'm going to be honest with you. He was talking, the way he was talking was yeah. so fast, too. He and just did got, a line. Uh, Jake the, the Snake standing back. Chav, did you recognize that was Jake the Snake? Yeah, 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 I did. I thought that was cool that he he kind of ended up being a bit of a dick, but yeah, he's like, "Come on, man! I thought we had an agreement." He's like, "Fuck you! I've been doing this for you know forty years." Like, all right, yeah. asshole. Even even mankind missing a goddamn ear. Ah, did y'all I mean, know what was his? What happened to his ear? Ripped it I off mean, in a match, you know. Pro- <laughs> yeah, Terry probably. Funk, Terry Funk happened to it. Uh. <laughs> But uh, um, that was cool though. Him training him up, and he was like, "You want to wrestle?" They were sitting around drinking beers at night, and then Tyler yeah. sitting on the porch watching him smiling, like, "Yeah, look how happy he like is." He, yeah, check we him fucking out. did it, man. Yeah, yeah. It it was it was sad knowing like what happened to his brother that it was his fault you know what i mean this like, was more his way of kind of making up like it ain't ever gonna bring yeah. his brother back but no he, but he can still have the world well he can still have that relationship like he had with his brother even though his brother's not there it's just the shoes on the other foot you know what i mean and it, it was nice to see that work yeah. out you know the big brother situation so so they go to the wrestling event and when they're riding in the car it's real tense <laughs> You know what I mean? right. Dude cuts that music on. Jake the Snake's head's poking a, about a <laughs> foot up over the vehicle, like, <laughs> like and they're I like getting, no trying to get him on hype, you know. But dude, when they get there, yeah. he's like, "I'm scared, Tyler." And he's like, "No, no, no, don't do that right now. <laughs> no, 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 you got to do this. I mean, after this, we'll go back home, but yeah, you got to do this today. Like this, your chance." And he's like, hang on, we'll yeah. go make you a costume, dude. When he fucking comes out there and hits that music, he's like, it's time yeah. to fly. Yeah. <laughs> Hopping the crowd up. He's over there. That was great, man. It was. Everybody in the it crowd was, was getting into it. Yeah. The peanut butter falcon. And he was running around. He, and he's doing that thing where he was leaning the headpiece. Yeah. <laughs> dude, for about 10 minutes, that cardboard work was pretty good on the headpiece. Yeah, for say. real. Like, <laughs> they got it. They got it built quick. He had some scissors or something. Yeah. And then, he was using them fish hooks. Yeah. And then there's just this random dude there that's like, "Yeah, Tyler's at the wrestling thing." It's like, well, he damn was it. The, he was the guy that was sitting on the back of the truck whenever a uh, dude approached him with um, uh, what's his name? He was Rapidly. like, "Yeah, he's like kick his ass." Yeah, <laughs> he was kick that guy. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, he's got to ruin the... And he told him, he said, I'm going to beat your head in with a fucking tire iron. Yeah. And he fucking shows up with a like fucking tire that, dude, iron. You ain't never going to get your money back. Yeah, for real. Yeah, dude. But Dude, when he's holding him up and everybody's looking at it like, what? 
Yeah. He just picked him up over his head. That dude's probably almost seven foot tall. Yeah. And then throws him out of the ring. And then as soon as that happens, he gets hit in the head. When y'all saw her crying, did y'all think he was dead? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of figured that's where it was going to go, you know. But, I think they told her, they were like, we, you know, we'll see what happens. We don't yeah. know yet. Like, we're still in surgery. Because then you cut to him blowing the candles out. Yeah. He told him earlier, I'm going to give you all my birthday wishes. He just laughed at him. Like, yeah. <laughs> all your birthday wishes for the rest of your life. Which is a nice thing to do. Yeah, it, it really is. And then cuts to him driving. Yeah. Now, let, let's talk about the reality of this situation here for mm-hmm. a second. So we have an escaped, a person that has escaped from an an elderly person's home that they haven't reported because they want her to find him. And then she swaps sides. Yeah. Real, they decide yeah. to go to Florida. Yeah. And it's like, I think at this well, point though, because they told her, they said, would you bring her back? When you bring him back, we're going to put him in a different home. And yeah. she said, that's for like junkies and, you know, prisoners prostitutes. Yeah. yeah. And so I think while Tyler was in the hospital, because that could have taken a while. Yeah. I think she adopted him. Legally, so? I do. Well, there's just no, I mean, you can't just run off with somebody. Can you? Yeah. That, well, and that's what I was, what I was getting at. It's like the reality of the situation of, of what was going on here. Like they would have been hunted by the cops. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and she wasn't going to do that. I mean, no. he, he's going to receive like a, like a check every month. You know, in order to get that, they kind of got to know where you're at. Like, I think she adopted him and that was the plan. Like, we're all going to go live together in Florida. That's just the way I pictured it. Like, yeah. And that's, that's a great ending. Yeah, it was. I mean, him and hers together, they adopted or she adopted him. Or got custody of him. However, you know. Yeah. However you want. Guardianship. Yeah. And like. I mean, you know that he's going to be, like he said, he's going to buy a fishing boat and all that stuff. Yeah. So they moved to Florida, and it's just them two on the I'd fishing watch that boat. that movie. Fucking dicking yeah. around all Chartering people like, like fucking Captain Ron. Could you imagine? <laughs> fucking Tyler's driving the boat, and fucking Zach's back there, like, fucking talking to him and all yeah. this shit, like. Give dude, him the safety that- rules. <laughs> yeah, dude, I would fucking love to watch that movie, you know? Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. But yeah, I'm giving it a full star, man. I enjoyed it. Yeah, full star. Yeah. Same. Good good acting, good good cinematography. It's been really hot here lately, so I definitely felt the heat from the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it looked good the out there. Well, and by the time they got to dude's trailer, I'm like, I could smell the balls through the TV. Yeah, dude. Two sets of them. They they ain't took a shower. They've been shitting on the side of the road. Yeah. Oh, he was just, I was just pissing everywhere. Yeah. How many times he pissed on the fire? Yeah. I'm like, you know, that's going to smell weird. Yeah. (laughs) Why'd you have to pee on it? Every time he's peeing in the ocean. Yeah. Him shooting that shotgun, dude. Yeah, that was fucking great. (laughs) Fuck it. It blew him back. (laughs) All those train tracks. Yeah. He's just like, you got to plant your feet better. 
but those little montages of them training and all that kind of stuff, like it was just a feel good, feel good moment, you know? Yeah. Enjoyed it. Would watch again. Oh, will yeah. watch again, you know? I'll, I'm glad y'all uh, like pro- I figured y'all yeah. would, but it was kind of hard not to like that movie, dude. I, uh, it, this ended up being a revisit for me because I, the minute, the minute I saw the escape scene at the beginning, I was like, I remember watching this with Deidre. Yeah. So, but it was a pleasant revisit. I may uh, recommend this to my grandmother. Be like, check it out. She was a fan of the Green Book, you know? Yeah. Stuff like that. My grandparents so. liked it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to. It's hard know? not to, man. It's a good little story. Yeah. If you don't like Peanut Butter Falcon, then what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's where I stand. I know it's a change in gears from what we usually review on here. We do these movies a little, a little, you know, we typically, we we don't try to stick to a certain genre or certain film style, but just because of our collective taste kind of being similar, you know, we do, we do have a, you know, there is an area of films that we do a little more of than stuff like this. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's a good, it's a good break from, from just a bunch of action just so much shit going on on screen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or like crazy horror. (laughs) They had a budget of a little little over $6 million. They did good with it. Yeah. I think it it looked fucking amazing. That shot where like the boat, um, get stuck on that sand trap mm-hmm. and then they're walking across the water like right yeah. there towards the beginning of the film i'm like this looks so fucking cool man yeah he was like, like are you gonna help me i can't swim and he's like come on dude yeah That's rule number one <laughs> yeah party <laughs> no that is not rule number one <laughs> uh loki though oh man this That's is deep diving key, gonna be a good show yeah, it's going to be great, right? Um, so we see, you know, the movie picks up with where that section in Endgame happens where they're, you know, traveling through time to where the aver- the first Avengers movie takes place. And they, uh, they're getting the Tesseract. They knock it out of the briefcase. Loki grabs it and disappears. That um, shot of them standing in the elevator? Yeah, when it yeah. zooms in on Loki, that wasn't in the movie. They actually picked that up and added that in. It looked good. It, it lined right up with it, dude. Like that dude has yeah. not aged a day. No, he's the fucking silhouette of the pinnacle, dude. <laughs> uh, we can we can definitely say that this is all Hulk's fault. Yeah, definitely. Um, Everything. All yeah. that's on Hulk. Yeah. Um, something uh, I saw on, I saw it on heavy spoilers, so I can't take credit for it, but, um, whenever Loki, he's like sit, laying in the sand. Yeah. You know, in the desert, that shot where it's zooming in on him, they compared that yeah. to, and you know, this is a, a bad guy that's going to possibly change, you know, his ways. Yeah. Well, right. it cuts to the same shot of, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Laying in the oh, sand I, when he blew himself up. In that first Iron yeah, Man? Yeah, and it's like, you kind of, you know, and he ended up changing yeah. his ways. 
It's almost yeah, like the yeah. same shot, dude. You put them side by side. It's right. But um, did y'all notice the you know the chick, uh, the main chick with the fucking disappearing stick? Y'all the, recognize her? The bigger black chick. Yeah, do y'all know who that is? It, is this, no. it, was it she on Doctor Who? No, she was on um um uh, Lovecraft Country. That's, oh that's, yeah, uh, that's a chick's sister. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she just looks different because the haircut. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, when I saw her, I was thinking, uh, the uh, uh, at some point in one of the recent Doctor Who seasons, they they had this a woman uh, that was like the leader on Gallifrey and shit, or like a general or some shit. I forget, but that's what I was thinking when I saw her. <laughs> I, I saw he uh, he threw out there two other little Easter eggs. Um, when they first bring Loki in there, mm-hmm. um, over behind him, you can see the, the little portal open and they bring a woman through woman's dressed exactly like Peggy Carter. Yeah. I saw yeah. that. I was, was like, just like her same clothes, about? same haircut. Yeah. You know, yeah. which may make sense because captain America going back to that timeline, you know, we may find out later that they came and took her and he didn't even get to spend his life with her. Cause you know, he fucked. The, yeah. He was fucking with the time shit. You know, it just depends on if they're cool with it. Let's talk about how powerful this place is. And and I'm I'm all I'm gonna say is I wish I would have held on to my uh, Tennessee Valley Authority hoodie that I used to have. I know because right. I come in clutch right about now. Yeah, <laughs> little TV right. hoodie. When I it saw does. that, I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, but um, uh, whenever like okay, well, this place that they're at, you know, yeah. there's like time cops. It's more powerful than the Tesseract, the Infinity. Like yeah. none of this stuff even works there. It's like yeah, it don't even matter. Yeah, you know that's when Loki was like, "This has got to be the is this the greatest power in the in the universe?" And that's when he was yeah. like, "He's like, mm, let me rethink this." Yeah, right. And um, the scroll, there was a scroll. Yeah, when they walk into that room, where in the middle there's like this round desk. And somebody sat behind mm-hmm. it. There's people standing around. To the right, there's a scroll standing there in the tracksuit. Um, in one of the comic books, there's some kind of tracksuit scroll, like gang or something, or group of people. Yeah. And they had one standing there. So we're possibly going to get, you know, some little tie-ins. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it, it makes sense, too. Like, I, I like how... Um, you know, it picks up and goes straight into the action. Yeah. And when I what I mean goes into the action, I mean like they get straight into the damn meat and potatoes of the whole situation here. And um it lets you know real quick, like and I love how the they give a lot of explanation through that little cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, we and, get the we get the info dump for sure. Yeah. And the it was cool and I like how so there's like three beings mm-hmm. that combined all these different timelines that were fighting for, you know, supremacy into one timeline and the sacred so, timeline. Yeah. So, and so the idea of it is like people are going to veer off the main timeline, but as long as everything lines back up, it's okay to do that. But once you veer off the timeline with an uncertain agenda, yeah, then that's whenever they intervene in it and they kind of start 
either, you know, they basically like, they say they take you back and drop you in there, which means they cancel your existence in that alternate timeline to end it, right? Yeah. Since you're the one that created it. Well, you know that little thing that they set down that looks like a globe, like a, you know, it's got a light in it. Yeah. So whenever they grab Loki and, you know, he sees like the indigenous people that are there. And he quickly gets yeah. up on a rock. He's like, I'm about to rule these motherfuckers. You know, <laughs> I'm about to be in charge here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, whenever right. they grab him to take him in, they put that little thing down. So that's like a timeline nuke that just cancels that timeline. So it's it gone. Erases. Yes. Completely. Okay. okay. That's well, why the thing is, is we still, we still haven't seen completely what that does. Like it's only been shown, like it's only been shown being armed. And then we never actually see what happens. And yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to paint the TVA as like a villain. And Loki's going to perceive it as like, they're just killing all these people. I mean, I think that the other Loki perceives it that that way for sure. I think that he perceives it two different ways. Well, I think that he... Why would he want that? He wanted that thing. Like right. He took it. Well, he can't well, he go can back a to timeline his... with that. I'm thinking yeah. it's I'm thinking it's one of two things. Loki's motives. I think he either wants to take over the TVA to keep doing evil Loki shit, or I think because he mm-hmm. saw a little bit further ahead in his timeline, he I think he wants he to try to kill. I think he's going to try to kill Thanos. Yeah, because he did. He saw I mean, his own death play out. And he was like, "Whoa." Wait a minute, yeah. I wasn't supposed to watch that far. <laughs> yeah, it's got a little too real for me. But well, he found um, out he was a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that, like, so you have to be under the impression that the that the evil Loki, he took advantage of the situation in some way and got out. But what if he never saw what the end of his story, right? Because this mm-hmm. Loki watched the film all the way to the end. And if there's, you know, an infinite, you know, if you want to consider it like an infinite amount of possibilities that happened when he went there, what if he recognized, like he recognized that this place was like all powerful and that he could do all this stuff and, and, and he decided to break off and do what he needed to do, but he never saw the end of his story. So he's under the impression that he could go back at any time and then inject himself yeah, back into the timeline, and then dude told this version of Loki the TVA that, version. Yes, yeah, the the good. I'm going to call him the, the good, good one. Version. Yeah, because he he yeah. broke it. Well, it, it, he's branching off from the another branch. Right. He so told he, him, he's like, like yeah. I don't really want to do well, that. Yeah, so like because I've wondered, I've wondered if like I feel like Marvel's going to make future Loki an entirely different character. But I'm also thinking that like it could be the classic thing where we're that we're seeing what the current Loki's going to become. Like no time travel involved. Just we're gonna watch him become that motherfucker. Well, we could, but I th- I think that like he's gonna redeem himself. Like that his hero story is is gonna be like him redeeming himself. Like and he already redeemed himself in the current timeline with Thor and all like, you know, they're yeah, like all that shit it. still plays out. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, sorry. Well, it, it, to me, what it feels like is like, okay, that alternate timeline is gone. 
Loki is at the TVA. Loki has been drafted. He saw his end. He knows that this is the end of the line for him. There's no going back, no nothing. So like he, he could look at it as either one of two ways. He can try to take this place over and do all this crazy shit and have this fucking crazy ass Loki idea where he's going to like destroy the main timeline and cause it to splinter off into separate timelines again and, and do all this weird shit. Or he can be, play ball with them and become part of the TVA. And that version of Loki will always exist because time. I don't think almost, they age there. Yeah, time stops what it there. Looks like. Yeah, um, some will gut you. I mean, like that, a fish. That, that makes sense, but all, like the, what what had me running with it is because with a lot of <clears throat> with a lot of time travel stories, they tell you everything in the very beginning, right? Everything, and one of the things they made sure they hammered in is that Loki's going to fuck you over, like he's going to betray you. He's a mischievous scamp, like you know. Yeah. And they showed that throughout, uh, and even even made it, you know, kind of have a duality to it, where he, you know, when he finds the Infinity Stones, and he does, you know, question like, is this is this is this a, a higher level of power that I'm dealing? Which with? Which is why he stayed when he went back to the room. I mean, he said it. And he was like, "Is this the greatest power in the universe?" I just I, I I see it. I see it the same since a lot of it's leading up to Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Uh, I think this is going to be like an empire moment in the little stepping stone between here and multiverse. WandaVision was going to seem like it was going to end on a downer, and it kind of did, but everything still was kind of okay. I think Loki is going to end with it, with it like he's going to... he Like, if Wanda does the stab wound in the timeline loki's gonna be the one that grabs the hilt and rips it like right and because they they made they made a point to show us like that wandavision is considered a nexus event loki's is going to be considered the same as well and i'm i'm pretty sure that's exactly the the key thing they're going to reference in spider-man yeah yeah it could be but also I'm thinking about this way too. It's like, what if kind of what, you, what was mentioned earlier is if they try to paint the TVA as bad guys, right? And what if them going after the future Loki is actually him trying to right wrongs his own way? Yeah. I mean, how did he get a hold of a time machine? Yeah. Well, had to yeah. be through them, right? Yeah. But like he went rogue. Let's say like he he found he got the technology. He started doing all this crazy shit. He's going back and he's like planting seeds, you know, throughout all these, you know, in the past. He's right. going into he's going into the past and he's planting all these little seeds because we really don't know what he's doing there, right? We just know that he's shown up at these different places. People are dead, and he's got his hands on one of those like timeline eraser bomb things, whatever they're called. Yeah. What, what if he like future Loki is not bad. Future Loki is trying to set everything right so that the snap doesn't happen to begin with. And then his contingency is like, I've got this, you know, when the timeline starts getting funky again, if it's inevitable that this is going to happen, like how much influence does, is Loki going to have? Because if he goes back in time and starts fucking with stuff and like 
there's a way that he can do it to where the um you know the guardians or whatever you want to call it the people that are the the gods that are watching the timeline um, if he keepers. can yeah yes it, if he can do it in a way that the timekeepers don't take notice of it then he could I'm actually like yeah yeah then he could actually in turn be saving like I don't know there's so many different ways that it could go to where well, like yeah well like they could they could take on a cosmic level the key thing that like whenever like during the interrogation sequence when Owen Wilson's making him see all these pivotal moments and how he's going dude you're not shit really in the eyes of the universe like yeah. that's yeah. why the time that's why the timekeepers don't ever really fuck with you. That's why we haven't stepped in because you're you're a small yeah. fish in a really B. big B. pond. And and a lot of like it, they peeled back a lot of layers of Loki's character because they're going to show you that that character is not going to change in a way, and that's what he's going to default to is the, the like those characteristics that he has. And he might change here and there, and I think that because to keep to keep in tie with what his character is, he'll do things that will be for the greater good, but they're still going to be for his own benefit. Yeah, it's because it's a stepping stone to the long con that he's pulling. Obviously, that's what this show is going to be is a long con, and we're probably not going to really know his full motive until like episode five, probably. Yeah, we're just going to see him play the act. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, low key it up. You know, um, <laughs> at the at the end of the episode, we see the person standing there in the cloak, and the only reason we think it's Loki is because the guy was like, "Well, we're we're after you." Yeah, but is that Loki? What if it's not? What if that wasn't well, him standing there? Because why didn't they just show him? I mean, well, here's a thought. So I'm too. not convinced wonder, that that's that was him. But what if this show? I mean, if it very well couldn't be, but if it is him. I wonder if this show is testing the waters of like, I wonder if we can have different looking variants of the same character on screen so that like kind of test a test run for Spider-Man. Yeah. If the Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield shit is actually true. Well, we watched a thing earlier where what's his name? Willem Dafoe. His uh, suit's going to look completely different. Yeah. I mean, they're like from different timelines. Yeah. So they'll look different. Yeah. So it'll be the same actors. Like Electro is going to look completely different. Doc Ock is going to look similar. Um, the suits he'll probably, yeah, he'll probably be the most similar looking one I had to, I would have to imagine. But so, if anything, villain, he could, he could be, he could be identified with being specifically pulled from Toby's timeline. And yeah. here's to say Willem Dafoe just wasn't another version from another timeline. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they're saying. Like, basically, the timelines have got all fucked up in Spider-Man and Doctor Strange has these people held prisoner. And uh, Peter Parker's going to like be like, well, this is kind of fucked and let them out. And then it's going to cause basically the Sinister Six to start running rampant. And you know, it's different versions of the Sinister Six. They're all going to look the same. Like it, they're all going to oh, be portrayed be... by this. They're all going to be portrayed by the same actors, but they're going to look different. Like their costumes yeah. and things are going to look different. It would be really cool if we have a moment where 
you know how uh you know how in, in infinity war uh right from the jump we've got you know iron man and pepper fucking running and then just dr strange just jumps out and is like hey yo we gotta we gotta talk like yeah what if in spider-man a similar situation happens fucking dr strange sling rings in and he's like come with me peter and they get in there and they're like you know he shows them that they're all locked the fuck up and he's like there's a weird thing here man and they're all connected to you like they all keep talking about you yeah I mean, from from a lot of the reports yeah, that have come out, it's going to be something. Yeah, it's going to be something very similar to that yeah. for sure. Or, or more or less, just like tell me what you know about every one of these people, Peter, right now, or something. You know, like get really serious with them. Yeah, because because like, cause think about it. By the time we get to Spider Man, uh, the new multiverse as the 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 exposition thing is going to. I mean, that, that that that's what they've told us. That's what's going to happen. There's going to be a multiverse war. And I don't know. I wonder if, um, like, by the time we get to Spider Man, like, Doctor Strange is going to have probably fought several battles in this war already, because we're clearly just going to see it pick up from Pot- Spider Man's perspective, Potter Man's. But yeah, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be a fun ride, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting, and it's going to be interesting to see how how this all leads up into what's going to be coming into the MCU, especially like Loki leaves a lot of implications. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because they're saying, you know, on that screen and everything, you know, if a timeline veers too far off and it goes across a a certain threshold, then that's when it upsets the entire balance of everything. Right. Yeah. So what if like just complete fan theory here, but what if like you have, you have three separate timelines going on. Uh, and we're going to say that you've got the Fantastic Four timeline, the X-Men timeline, and the MCU timeline. And some event happens, whether it's in Loki or Doctor Strange, that causes that threshold to get to a certain point, and it tips over, and it breaks off like it did before. And then, like, the the Time Guardians or whatever reassembling the timelines is what's causing all this stuff to merge into one universe. Yeah. Because they could explain to me, the vibes that I got from watching this, this first episode was this is going to ripple. And I think that the start of this ripple is going to be in the Eternals. Yeah. And I would see, cause I mean, it's got like all of this is starting to have very like, heavy implications for secret wars yeah yes big time and i i just i just don't know how how long they can keep up a very complicated storyline like this uh to build up to the saga to build up to where it feels natural that they introduce someone like the fucking beyonder yeah like, see, you this know time what i mean they like the tv shows they didn't have that because when last they 10 years. what that, 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 so that that's helps. very true because yeah because well, imagine imagine like just dropping the timekeepers on you like like in a film where we just have to go with that yeah like that that's, 10 episodes to explain yeah that. you know yeah and, well and think about it this way though i mean we never imagined that endgame was going to go the way that it went 
uh, up until they started actually releasing, you know, getting spoilers and things for Endgame. So we never knew that it was going to be five years in the future. They're going to have to do a time heist. And then, so basically everything, the events of, of Infinity War was just completely retconned to a certain extent in Endgame and the and everything ended the way it was. And I think that what Marvel got out of that and what a lot of fans came, a lot of fans were able to be open to the fact that like, if you give us a um, a world shattering crisis, and then we get to watch the heroes resolve this world ending crisis, then that's going to be more enjoyable than watching the world end, right? Yeah. So now, now imagine this: you well, start- it's like you, we we get to see we get to see the 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 spectacle of of the disastrous aspect of what could happen. And then we get like a heroic resolve where we get our big hero moments. Right. And that's that's probably the cleverest thing with with superhero films is that they yeah. get the more or less like with, with proper setup and good writing, they can set it up where you can have your cake and eat it, too. Yeah. And and what I'm saying is, like, imagine them starting phase four or phase five. And I'm going to say phase four and I'm not going to count Black Widow in, in on this. I'm going to let it be like phase 3.5, but phase four happens and this world changing event happens that takes phase four, phase five and phase six to completely straighten everything out. Because I mean, think about it. Like you've done as much with some of these characters that you can do in terms of the bigger picture, more or less. Yes, you can always have another villain show up that they're going to fight. Yes, you can always have someone that's going to try to destroy half of the population in the world, you know, all living creatures and all this stuff. That's been done. If you have a world-changing event crisis situation happen right out of the gate, and it takes several movies and several TV shows and all this other shit to happen before it's actually resolved, then you get the content created for you. Just based off of like, okay, these are the implications of what could happen, and we're going to take that and run with it. And because, you know, and and to go with what you're saying, you know, who says that the timeline has to be restored like the snap, like all at once in an instant, you know? Yeah. Dealing with something like the time stream and and all that kind of stuff, uh, it's events that because they because Loki did a cool thing of setting parameters as long as those branches don't veer off to a certain degree they can more or less exist for a brief moment long enough to tell a story yes yes and so that they and future themselves and, and Marvel's good at being like here's a here's a thing here's what it means we'll use it from time to time go with it yeah do y'all remember back in i think it was like january when they were talking about chris evans playing captain america again yeah and then that got like real hush hush real quick so by doing this stuff that they're doing now they could bring back you know people that are dead in this timeline because oh yeah i mean you know they could make an appearance again yeah yeah. From another timeline or like the thing they're doing with Spider-Man. That's yeah. Um, so, so I think at some be, point we will see someone. Well, it would be cool and, if know, they, it'd be cool. It'd be cool if they kept bringing back old man, Steve every now and then. 
Yeah. And it would be interesting if him coming back at the end of Endgame to give the shield to uh to Sam uh would be the start like you know like once that like cuz they keep there's certain points in Endgame that we they keep getting referenced and we've already seen the shot where Steve gives Sam the shield and you know Falcon and Winter Soldier and who's to say they don't branch off that footage more like once that happens and they part their ways, you know, what if Steve Rogers is sitting there and the TVA walks out and he's like, all right, guys, I've ran from y'all long enough. Like you find out that, you know, after they got Peggy, like Steve just time hopped and just stayed, just stayed a step ahead of yeah. him. Yeah. Or in, in order to be with Peggy, who's to say that he's not there working for him. I mean, who would be better to employ at a place like that than fucking Captain America. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Oh dude, if he's, yeah. I mean, and, and that's, I, I really like that. I don't know much about the TVA. Yeah. Same. So I, I'm really enjoying, you know, the, the, the pondering. Cause yeah, we could get online and find out every fucking thing in like five minutes, but I'm, I'm going to keep it reserved. Like it's one of the reasons I enjoyed guardian so much. Uh, and I think it'll be, I think it'll make the the viewing experience better. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know much about the TVA either. And I'm, I'm glad that they're pulling all these like really like obscure. obscure yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Well, Gotta it, take the deep they, dive now. Well, and not only that, but they can do it without, um, they can do it without hesitation. And it's allowing it's allowing the modern stories to keep being written, so that there's always a back catalog of content. Oh yeah, for it's sure. It's just it's widening an already massive gap between the stories that we're getting that were published, you know, published. And I mean, I know we can we can pull straws at it because most most of the Marvel things is that they're patchwork, like loose loose adaptations rather than a full blown, you know. Yeah conversion but yeah they're just they're you know they'll they'll always be a new superhero film i don't think that's ever going to go away no i don't i don't think it'll i i I know that we we all kind of went on the idea and you proposed it a while back of the idea that you know the superhero film will go like the western but at the same time pretty sure on any cable network i'm sure you can find a western that's on tv right now yeah i mean well that's and, i mean and i mean biggest... and i guess it's still i guess your statement's still true it will go the way of the western in that it'll always be around yeah it'll it'll have its huge boom it'll you know and then once the market gets oversaturated then it'll you'll see a downtick on everything and something else will come along but we'll always get Westerns from time to time. We'll always get superhero films from time to time. Like I, I feel like that's always going to be inevitable. And then even, when, even with the TV shows though, do you think, do you think that Marvel is, do you think they learned something in the, the 2020 uh, cycle about, you know, cause they didn't have any films come to theaters and, that allowed a lot of stuff to get made. It allowed the shows to have their breathing room and get their viewership. Do you, do you wonder if Marvel might adopt that thing? Like, you know, cause you know, for a while we had a steady stream of, Hey, 
next year these three movies come out next year these three movies come out and so on and so forth if they're going to be like all right next three years we got the movies coming year four probably going to take a break we'll still have the tv shows going but no popcorn well i i think that they can trust the fans enough that if um they wanted to do something like that if they wanted to if they wanted to have a gap in there uh as long as they're as long as fans are still engaged then they're going to be able to do that especially with the tv shows yes and i think that at a certain point like i'm gonna say within five years i'm gonna say by phase like midway through phase five there's going to be a marriage between the two once they start getting the the new blood in there and the new blood being like fantastic four x-men you know, and, and other newer characters. Now they have the ability to share them between big screen and small screen. You know, we don't, we don't know what the extent of, of like she Hulk is going to be, you know, we got one division. Wanda's a major player. We got Falcon winter soldier, Falcon and winter soldier, are both major players. We've got Loki. Loki was a major player, but once you get, start getting into she Hulk moon, Knight, things like that, and they establish with young blood and put it in their contracts. It's like, look, we're going to have you appear in X amount of Marvel movies and you may be required to, uh, you know, appear in X amount of series. Once they are able to merge the two, I would not be surprised if they got away from releasing films as frequently, except for major event films and started releasing the majority of their content exclusively on the streaming service. Because, Think about it. If you got one film a year that was in game or infinity war sized and the rest of the time you got, you know, three or four, maybe even five different TV series, you're going to make a shitload of money on your series. And that movie's going to make like 18 bajillion dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you it's have gonna plenty be of event- time in the series to, you know, yes. build shit up. And I yeah. prefer the series, man. So I mean, yeah, I, I want to like- make more of them. <clears throat> But I feel like they, I feel like they would rather. They, I think they would still rather take their shot at scoring the billions three separate times. I think that's still a lot of money to be lost. But I do, I do feel that they're that they that that they will converge for sure. Yeah, and you know, I also think they could probably branch off too, and have you know, with the scope of the Marvel universe, which, in order to tell the story they've been telling. They've had to kind of make everything feel cramped, like, all right, Earth, all right, space, all right, this place, that place, you know. And as more of these new characters come out and more of our world building occurs, you know, we'll be able to have series where, yeah, maybe simultaneously, you know, this group of heroes was battling these guys. But, you know, they were over here, you know, dealing with street level shit. Yeah. And, you know, I could see that happening. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I think that the future is so uncertain, especially with like the pandemic and everything like that. I think that the future is so uncertain on what their actual course of action is going to be. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, they're going to do whatever makes financial sense to them. And I think that, I think that WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier got more of a response than they were anticipating. And you, you, you know, I mean, at this point, they're not requiring you know people to wear masks in public here anymore. Right. I think it's safe to say we're it's uh, over. If you want to, you know, whatever. 
I don't say the it's, word because they might delete our no, video, dude. but it's the end game. Yeah, but <laughs> even though that's over with, I don't think a lot of people are still not going to want to go to the theater, man. They've already got used to being able to watch it at home. And yeah, that's a huge plus. Yeah. It's just being and able saw, to watch it. I saw an article the other day, or actually earlier when I was looking for movie news, and I should have dropped it in there, but I didn't think about it. But basically, it was like, is Warner Brothers killing the box office? And the idea behind the article was, is them releasing things simultaneously on their streaming service and in the theaters causing theater numbers to go down? And I, I mean, that's an unfair, that's an unfair assessment. Yeah. Because yeah, we live in rural fucking nowhere where we're not required to wear a mask at work. We're not required to wear a mask in public. Everything's fine. If you get it, you get it. I think the last news report that I saw was 30% of the state has been vaccinated Mm -hmm. in the grand scope of things. That's not a lot of people, but you know, it's 30% of the state's been vaccinated, but think about LA and New York, Chicago and place, you know what I'm saying? Like think about places like that, where it's just like, there's still heavy restrictions on a lot of things. For some reason, and the the death rate's gone way. Well, you know what I mean? Like, what? When's the last yeah. time you heard a report where they were like, you know, thousand people died today? It's been a while since the election. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, <laughs> I do. I think I think to go with with what Griffin said, we do we do live in a rural uh, part of uh, America, and there's a lot of places like this in in the country. And with that being said, I think there's no short supply of people that want to go to the theater, that want to have that experience. I do think there's an equal amount of people that do want to watch them at home. Yeah. I I just, I feel like, I feel like it's a one, one down yeah. the middle. Uh, I, I think, I think the convenience at home uh, probably yields a, a little more for sure. Yeah. But I think because of, because of our unique scenario that we're at in this point in history, uh, I think that it's, it's people are, are wanting to be out. They're wanting to finally, you know, get the fuck out of their house. Um, yeah. you know, some have been doing it for a while. Some are just now being able to, so it's just, it's a clusterfuck really. But it, I just, I think, I think if they, get to where they're they're putting these movies back out in theaters more regularly because i mean that it's still not that big of a thing anymore like the, they'll announce that a movie's hit theaters but i don't know maybe because i'm unplugged from cable i'm not bombarded with the in theaters now commercials yeah, that most cable watchers get but for me with the interacting online it just it never really it doesn't feel like the theaters are are, are really full swing right now they're still in recovery mode well a lot yeah. of them shut down yeah you yeah. know they just didn't have a choice and and they may reopen but a lot of the times too i'm looking at movies like whether it's released at home or in the theater i probably wouldn't go go to the theater to watch it anyway yeah it's just nice that i don't have to wait like six months to a year to see it yeah i can watch it you know i i think at the end of the day what's really going to dictate where the market goes is black widow. I think that that's going to be the first film that's going to be, um, released at a time to where the majority of the country is going to be opened. 
It's also going to be something that is going to be premium, meaning yeah, that you, you don't extra. have to. Just, you have to put, yeah, you have yeah. to pay extra for it. And I think that if Disney's going to take this financial information back and make decisions based off of that, and I think that if Black Widow does good, really, really good at home, then they'll continue to do something similar to that. But I think that if it doesn't do good, then that they will just abandon that idea now that all the restrictions are being lifted. But I'm interested to see the comparison between the two. And I hope that we get that information. Like I would love to see a weekend breakdown of like how many purchases were made through Disney plus how many, you know, what the dollar value or what the dollar amount for the theaters was for the weekend and compare and contrast the two, because I think, it would be nice if they could appeal to both audiences. Yeah. Because people that don't want to go to the movie theater to watch it are just not going to go to the movie theater yeah. and watch it and wait for it to come out on a streaming service or Redbox or wherever the fuck they came it from. They're going to buy it or whatever. They're, but they're still going to make their money overseas, dude. Oh yeah. They make sure, more over right? there than they make here anyway. Like, yeah. So, well, they still, they have to find a way to make back some of that marketing money and by having that by having that somewhat limited premiere is their chance to get as many people that want you know almost like a concert event that you know get them out there get the most bang at the at the beginning and then after that just let the residual stuff just flood in well and and that's i mean right now it seems pointless because of everything being affected like it was but I mean, I, I I don't I don't necessarily agree with it. I do wish that we could get a full on movies coming out, you know, like they've been like they've been doing, and they have been doing pretty good about it. And it's been cool to see that actually play out in certain with certain movies. Yeah. Uh, but I still, I mean, I still understand that with these types of money, they with these types of films, particularly superhero films that do cost a fuck ton of money to make. I see that they've got to find that they've got to do the bullshit because with with the convenience of being able to get on and and watch the movie, you know, people people that don't like to hold out but fucking will because fuck you, movie theater. I mean that they're not they're not they're not going to get as much of a return out of that. Well, they're going to have to find a way to make the movie going experience a spectacle because after being locked down, after enjoying everything from the comfort of your own home, yeah, you're going to have those people that are itching to go out and do stuff. But I guarantee you that people that have been sitting on their couch for the past year watching TV are probably not the first ones that's going to run to theaters to watch something. They're going to go play top golf or go to fucking putt putt or go to a comedy show or a concert or something like that. I think that like in order for theaters to remain relevant going forward, it's going to have to be an experience that you can't miss. And yeah, there are certain movies that come out and you're like, damn, I wish I would have went to the theaters and saw that like Godzilla versus Kong. I would have loved to have went to the theaters and saw that that's a theater movie, but I was happy that I got to watch it at home. Like, I would rather pay $30 in the comfort of my home to watch something than pay $60 and go to a movie theater. Once it's all said and done, you're dropping over 50 bucks to go to the theaters. That's gas, food, popcorn, drink, but movie you ticket. You know, when it comes to the theater, 
whatever production company it is, they're not making all that money. They actually make more when you rent it at home. Yeah. They get all that money. Yeah. That $30 goes straight to them. They probably get what? 10 when you buy a ticket at yeah. the theater? Maybe. I, well, I don't know. I mean, if theaters if the make tickets, most of their money through the concession. Yeah. I think, cause we talked money. about it on the, on the podcast. I think that the, 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 uh, there's a 30%, like a 70, 30 transaction happening, right? Yeah. So if a ticket's 10 bucks, you know what I mean? You're going to have to sell a shitload of tickets to even justify it when you can just sell it for 30 bucks. And even if you get a group of four or five people that go in on a $30 movie, you're still making more, you know, but we, but we have to remember too, man, that like the world we live in, these movies are made by companies that want, money yeah maximum amount of profit are there are there are there better ways of going about it than this sure do i know any of those ideas no but they can there's certainly something that could be done i'm sure but warner brothers disney you know list the fucking pantheon if you want they they've got to make that money first before they can break it off to make these movies that we do care a lot about and that we do enjoy when they're when especially when they turn out to be films that are labor of love where the stars align and the rock crew gets assembled and that that big machinery takes some pretty rough fueling you know yeah i'm interested to see what happens um i think that i think black widow is going to be you know, a big thing because I mean, Warner brothers have already announced what they're doing and for the foreseeable for the next year, you know, we're going to get simultaneous releases. They're going to make their money off of subscriptions and they're going to make their money off box office. But I think Disney's the real powerhouse. Well, there's the big three Disney, Paramount, Warner brothers. Yeah. They can afford to do it. Oh yeah. Smaller companies can't. Yeah. Like when you talk so, about Disney spending money on marketing, most of the stuff that they put trailers on, they own. Yeah. So. Yeah. It'll be cheaper for them. Right. Um, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying, I'm definitely not saying that they're not greedy. Like that's, that's not, that not at all, but. Yeah. But I think that their greed would make a better viewing experience for individuals. Yeah. In my opinion. Because think about it. If they're going to get all of $30 and I rent that film by myself, they're going to get all 30 bucks out of that. That's going to be netting them more money if I'm the only one watching it than me going to the theaters. The theater's going to make money and then fucking McDonald's is going to make money and the fucking gas stations gonna make money you know what i'm saying I see it, but but, it, but see it's it's also damned if you do and damned if you don't because at 30 dollars a pop for that i would still say no thank you i'll take my chance at Redbox or buying it for 20 yeah but i mean it's the same the same because i don't go to the theater and watch every movie yeah of course I, I would drop 30 dollars on a movie that if that's if it's a choice between going to the theaters and watch it or or watching it in my home, I'm going to weigh like, okay, is this a theater movie? I really want to watch this movie. Is there, you know, these are the only two ways of accessing this film. So I'm going to weigh my options and vote with my dollars on that. If I, 
I mean, I could order a pizza, you know what I'm saying? And watch it at my house and be done with it as opposed to getting ready and going out and having an experience, especially whenever you're, you know, significant other isn't necessarily interested in going to the movies. You know what I mean? So there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff to weigh in there. Um, but at the end of the day, like depending on what happens, it's going to be a win-win situation because we're still going to get movies. You know, that was a big thing. Like what's going to happen to the movie industry is streaming going to take over theaters going to be able to recover, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Theaters are going to be able to recover. Big chains are going to be able to recover. That's inevitable. You know, they they found a way to change. They found a way to alter the DNA and keep the beast alive. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You think you can beat the beast? So, but let's talk. And over, they manifested it. (laughs) You want to hit some movie news real quick? Fair enough. All right, number one here. I think Trav dropped this in. Loki Infinity Stones reveal finally fixes Avengers Endgame worst pothole. Uh, there's nothing like a good a good MCU joke. Whether Thor's calling Rocket Raccoon a rabbit or the Avengers are all noshing on shawarma after the battle in New York. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> shawarma. Uh, Marvel wouldn't be Marvel without a lighthearted moment to balance out all the superhero violence. Sometimes these jokes pull double duty and what appears and what appear to be sight gags on the surface can actually carry huge significance for the MCU. That's what happened in Loki's premiere, which changed how we look at infinity stones forever, debunking countless fan theories along the way. While on the run from Mobius M Mobius. <laughs> I, forgot, <laughs> I forgot that that was his name. Uh, in Loki's first episode, Loki attempts to track down the Tesseract in the process of hunting for the uh, all-powerful cube. He runs into Casey, a TVA pencil pusher. When Loki rifles through the area where the TVA keeps its time travel evidence, he discovers a drawer full of Infinity Stones. Apparently, these items Thanos has been pursuing for a decade's worth of MCU films are little more than paperweights to the TVA. A hilarious gag. This revelation wraps up many plot holes. The Avengers were able to assemble the Affinity Stones by going back in time to retrieve them from different points in the franchise's chronology, which begged one important question. Why doesn't everyone do that? With this reveal, Loki makes it apparent, uh, apparent there have been many attempts to do just that, but the TVA has apprehended all the all who've tried to assemble the Infinity Stones from their own for their own nefarious purposes, leaving incomplete sets of stones plucked out of time and rolling around in a file cabinet. Um, What Loki additionally reveals is that the Avengers were able to retrieve and return the Infinity Stones through the use of time travel purely because the TVA, and more importantly, the timekeepers, allowed them to do so. This This explains all the fan theories that popped up about Steve Rogers returning the stones to their original points and places in time. Just as no man can step into the same river twice, you can't return a stone to exactly where and when it came from, especially if that place is Vormir. As Loki implies, Steve returning the stones was intended to happen within the sacred timeline, so his doing so didn't create any variance or causing a breaching timeline like the ancient one showed Bruce Banner in Endgame. Apparently, the Avengers' time heist only worked with the blessing of the mysterious timekeepers though that reveal opens up as many questions as it answers. While there are no longer any loose threads remaining 
related to Steve's time travel. What about this timeline makes it so sacred? Who gave the timekeepers authority to untangle the multiverse? Buckle up. We'll hopefully find out in the five episodes of Loki still ahead. So, yeah, they're just fucking rolling around in a filing cabinet drawer, you know? But, um, how does he return the soul stone? We, we, we may find that out. Uh, legit, right? Cause I didn't it's, think about yeah. that. It's a soul for a soul, dude. One to one exchange. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And it's gotta be somebody or, you really or, love, right? Or, or what if that's what he, uh, hey. yeah. Or well, if it's sold for a soul, what if that's what he uh, does after he gave the shield to Sam? He he was done with his life, and then the last thing he had was the soul stone. And he's like, "Take me, yeah, take me with you." I forgot I'm to explore. bring up Nobius. I mean, Nobius. Um, Nobius, dude, his nose. It looks like it got slammed in a door. <laughs> I mean, how did the dent I, get worse? <laughs> you noticed it, right? It, I, I think they stop put looking makeup at it, dude. on it. I think they put makeup it on it. It looks like dude. it's gotten worse. It looks rough, man. And speaking of the TVA, so Travis, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I recently, this past weekend, completed Bioshock, right? Uh, Full playthrough coming to Griffin 256 YouTube channel. Check it out. So the aesthetic of Bioshock is this place, to, you know, Rapture happens during like the 50s, right? It's kind of stuck in a, you know, frozen in time to a certain extent where it's like the 40s, 50s time period. After playing that and then seeing the aesthetic of like how the TVA actually looks and how it's like that era kind of. Yeah. I'm like, this is kind of cool. And like the TVA, like that was a blatant, it got blatantly ripped off by the um, Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Right. I mean, like 110%, they ripped off the TVA. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had the same aesthetic and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I really enjoyed uh, Umbrella Academy. I'm looking forward to the last season and all that good stuff. But anyway, I just want to throw that out there. Mobius M. Mobius. Mobius. Yeah. Nosebus. I don't know. I mean, I think they put makeup on it. Well, of course he's wearing makeup, but the dent just looks deep. It, yeah, it looks like they fucking Couldn't quit staring at like it. Took a, they took a sample from his nose and it didn't heal right. That's what it looks like. You know what I mean? I don't know. Looks like it hurts. Y'all want to feel, feel old for a second? I ain't going to be for it's, a second. <laughs> it's the 16th anniversary of Batman Begins. Oh, no fucking way. Yeah. Batman begins. It was. Yeah, yeah. Batman begins is trending 16 years to the day after it premiered in United States theaters as fans pay tribute to the Chris Nolan movie on social media. Um, this is a quote here: 16 years for one of Christopher Nolan's best and my favorite adaptations of the Cape Crusader, writes one fan. Batman Begins is more than more than just a superhero origin story, for it dives deep into the moral stances and nature of humans. 
It perfectly captures Batman more as a vigilante than a suit. I just wanted to DC mention that. DC won't allow because, Batman I mean, to do what with Catwoman? Oh great guys. Oh. Okay. I, I opened an article and started talking. Um, Sixteen years. Yeah, right. Holy shit, man. Yeah. I remember when it came out, I was so excited. Yeah, dude. Mm. I was like the dude. Yeah, the dude that did Memento. Yeah. Insomnia is doing a Batman. You know what I mean? Like Like what? Yeah. They what? Um, so there's been some rumors going around on the internet. And I don't know where these rumors came from because they're they're kind of unprecedented. But Tyrese Gibson is claiming that Morbius is set in the MCU. Now, I don't know why he would say that, seeing as how the trailer had a poster of Spider-Man hanging up that had the word murderer spray painted on it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why he would say that. But Sony debunked it says it seems Morbius is not really in the MCU. Sony pictures have backtracked on comments made by Morbius star Tyrese Gibson, who recently appeared to claim that the new Marvel movie takes place in the same world occupied by the inhabitants of Marvel studios and Disney's Marvel cinematic universe. While this was not entirely implausible as obviously Spider-Man currently treads a line between Sony's universe and Marvel properties and the MCU. It did seem unlikely considering the often fraught relationship the two sides have had allowing Spidey to remain part of the MCU for now. Following the comments made in an interview with comicbook.com, Sony felt it necessary to set the record straight that Morbius is not part of the MCU. The news of Sony's uh, (laughs) countering of the claims originally came from GameSpot's Chris Hayner who reported that Sony had confirmed that Morbius is part of their own universe, just like the other solo movies such as Venom, and does not take place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in any way. They also were reported to have denied another claim by Gibson, who also said that the release of the movie was being moved to October of 2022 in order to take advantage of that Halloween energy. According to Sony, they uh, the release is still going ahead as planned in January. Tyrese Gibson needs like, <laughs> but he's in the movie, right? Yeah, he got he got a little bit of that. Um, Shouldn't have spilled your Fast beans, and Furious. Boy. Well, he got some of that Fast and Furious I mean, money, and he's like, I think he just didn't. Maybe he didn't know he wasn't supposed to say that. I don't think he gives a fuck. It's Tyrese Gibson, dude. Who? I mean, yeah. I don't I don't think he fucking cares. Right there he and says when he was asked if he could confirm that the Avengers are in the same world, he again gave an affirmative. I mean I mean who knows, man. He ain't gonna be in the next one, that's for sure. Nah. I mean what if what if they told him to go out there and say that so they could get some fucking buzz? Because I mean wasn't Morbius supposed to come out Halloween of last year? Yeah. And then they had to push it off. So like maybe they're just trying to drum up more buzz for the movie. Cause I mean, the trailer's been out for like a year now, a year and a half. So, and I could see like, if people are like, Oh shit, it's connected. We got to go yeah. see it. And Sony's like, yeah, it's come. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're like Tyrese, you got that fast and furious money, right? And he's like, I mean, of course, 
And so go out there and spread that shit. And he's like, all right, I got you. Bet. Play a player. I don't know. I don't know. I think that Tom Holland, you know, they had to have a handler. Yeah. You know, he had to do interviews with people. I think that he was doing that shit on purpose. Like the studio, Feige put him up to that shit. Like, I can't say for sure, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling, you know, down deep in my plums. Yeah. I saw that clip where he's doing it with Cumbersnatch. Oh, yeah. And they he's would like, ask Whoa. him a question and he would look at Benedict and he would shake his head no. Don't, I'll take this one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't blame him. He's excited. Yeah. Um, next up, Fantastic Four franchise teased by Disney CEO while discussing future Marvel plans. Uh, considering the stagger- staggering success of Marvel's foray into the world of TV under the Disney banner, it is hard to comprehend that the entire principle serializing the Marvel Cinematic Universe for a weekly audience was initially seen as a gamble on the studio's part. With the likes of Secret Invasion and Armor Wars heading to Disney Plus in the future, along with the likes of She-Hulk, Bob Chappick recently spoke at the credit, I don't know, Swayze? 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 I don't know what the fuck that word is. Um the 23rd annual communications conference about the long awaited arrival of the fantastic four and the MCU, as well as hinting that there are likely to see them in more than one movie or even more than one medium. Um, while Bob Chappick was not forthcoming with that kind of information, he did have one interesting thing to say after telling the conference that there is still a lot of Marvel content to come. He said, as you increase output and go deeper and deeper into mining the Marvel mythology, it doesn't have to tap itself out. We've got great stories to tell, and we're telling great stories. He went on to point out that there's a lot of mining to do with Marvel's first family, and also noted that he spoke of the Fantastic Four as a franchise rather than a film, which would suggest that in the future we could not only see more movies, but also TV spinoffs as we have with the current run of WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, and Disney Plus current top performer, Loki. While there is no way of knowing how any of this will play out, it is worth considering that if they intended to avoid the errors of the last Fantastic Four reboot, they could introduce the characters in their already transformed superhero state. If you remember Infinity War and Endgame, both were made in a way that you had to know what happened previously before you went into the cinema. Otherwise, there was no way for you to know what was going on. With the Fantastic Four being pretty well known to anyone with any interest in superhero movies, would it be such a stretch to lose some of the backstory? And could this be, could this then be told in a prequel-style series of at a later date? Uh, we wait with bated ba- breath for uh, more news as <laughs> on this as when Feige and co decided that they are ready to share. Um, why didn't they pull the Spider-Man reference there? Like we didn't get a Spider-Man origin story, right? Mm-hmm. So like, why did they have to fucking say, well, you had to know what was going on for fucking infinity war and Endgame to work. Why didn't they just say like, as in fucking Spider-Man, you don't have to have that bitch's backstory. Yeah. Just we all dumb. know it. Yeah. So been there, done that. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm hoping that we get Fantastic Four 
towards the end of phase four. Well, that's what it says. That's five. what it, there's an article at the bottom there. It says it'll be the end of phase four. I mean, that makes sense. It'll kick off phase five in a big, bad way. Did you if see you that other article? Introdu- no, I Ryan Reynolds. Look who he wants to play no. the fantastic four. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I saw this. He wants the cast of It's Always Sunny to play him. Yeah. See, and Emily wants- Blunt came out and said that superhero movies aren't for her. Yeah. Now, Krasinski, on the other hand, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah. Dude, he'd be perfect. He would. He would. But could you and imagine could- them playing it? <laughs> Danny DeVito? <laughs> It would be the greatest. You know what I mean? The comedy, because, right? Yeah. It'd be it'd like, have uh, be. it'd have the Guardians of the Galaxy kind of vibe. Yeah. Well, they said that Dennis would play Dr. Doom because, <laughs> you know, he, he might be a fucking murderer for real. We don't he's know. A, you know? A, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I would love, dude, and I would love it if Marvel would give the It's Always Sunny guys permission to make an episode of It's Always Sunny, like an hour-long episode, where it was them playing the Fantastic Four. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I know that would never happen, but God, that would be fucking hilarious. And, like, they're playing those characters that get those powers. So Charlie gets the fucking powers. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Legitness. Next up... <clears throat> I mean, we all love Ernest, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so they they put a Kickstarter campaign up for a Jim Varney documentary, The Importance of Being Earnest. I like that title. Yeah, I like that. Clearly. Yeah, I like that title a lot. Yeah. Uh, the Jim Varney documentary, The Importance of Being Earnest, is quickly moving closer towards production after launching the crowdfunding campaign for its budget. Previously, a teaser trailer was released for the movie, which delves into the life and career of Varney and his legendary run as Ernest P. Worrell. Worrell. I can't ever say that name. It will show fans a new side of the comedic actor by including never-before-seen footage of Varney, along with new stories about the late legend from some of the people that knew him best. <clears throat> I mean, kids now don't know who They Ernest have no is. idea. But he was a very important part of my childhood. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think that if you've pulled, you know, a good majority of kids from, you know, let's say our age, maybe a little younger and a little older than us in that time frame, I'd say within a five year gap, then they would they would all know who Ernest is and they've all seen and they all have a favorite Ernest movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I would really love to see that because, like, I mean, he was such an important part of my childhood. Like, we would go to the the movie store, you know, the one next to Walmart where when Walmart used to be, um, on where the old Walmart was. Yeah, you know, there was a movie gallery over there. Mm-hmm. We would rent Ernest movies from there, and you know, they had all of them, and there was like what, oh yeah, twenty there, of there's them? a bunch of them. Yeah, so we would always go in Ernest there goes and to we camp, would... goes to jail, the Christmas yeah. one. Yeah. What was your favorite Ernest movie? Oh, I really like the camp one. I like the jail one. Man, it's hard. Scared Stupid and that Goes to good. Jail are my favorites. 
Yeah, but him, that fucking cover of him digging out with that spoon. Yeah, I take that back. I like the Christmas uh, special too, and it's funny that you you said Vern because I always thought that shot of him busting into Vern's house with the tree, just like completely bombarding <laughs> Vern. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious, man. And then, like, Vern, like, the cameraman, like, kicks him the fuck out, you know? Little thing I mean, like, like, I do, like, Varney hits the door and he's just spitting funny shit left and right, but he's just, like, talking really fast to him and stuff. Well, what was awesome, I watched, uh, there's a channel that makes these old documentaries, and I watched one this past year about him, how he got his start. You know, he was doing commercials as that yeah. character in Kentucky. And what happened was they had some kind of event where they had like some Disney characters there. Yeah. And when the characters came out, Ernest got more of a fucking reaction from the crowd than the fucking Disney characters. No and they were shit. like, wait a minute. Cause he, you know, he, he did those commercials. Like there's one where he's on the ladder, you know, he's talking to yeah. the camera. You know what I mean? Vern? He's like selling you something. It's these little stupid commercials. And you know, he always falls on the ladder, gets hurt. Yeah, I mean, they were just you know, little slapstick commercials. He was just such a funny character that they were yeah. like, we got to put this guy in a movie. I mean, he's. And they gave him his own franchise, man. Yeah. I mean, he made I a mean, shit little movie. I think the last one was he goes to Africa. Yeah, I think so. I remember watching that one as well. Oh, it was Ernest in the Army. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. But, but those um, '80s, uh, you know, because later on, you know, you get a little older, and it was like he's always funny to to watch, though. Like, and then later in life, when you see him do a serious role, you're like, "Wait a minute, is that Ernest?" What? Yeah, and he and he could pull it off. He's a good actor. Yeah, legit. He looked like Les Claypool, but <laughs> I, I, oh, whatever. Oh man, uh, fucking uh, the Beverly Hillbillies, dude. Oh yeah. Play the dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. But his classic outfit, dude, the the blue vest, the gray shirt, the hat. Yeah. So the goal the Kickstarter goal is sixty grand. There's nine days left. And they've raised forty three almost forty four K. So I hope they get their money. Yeah, he he deserves. Yeah. I, I hope that they get their money because I mean, I would love to see this documentary. So we'll see what happens, man. I just wanted to mention that because I know we're all earnest fans. Oh yeah. You know? And if there's anybody out there that's listening that wants to contribute to the Kickstarter, then go check it out and throw some money at it because I mean, he they're he not kept asking for us, too much. No, no. And he kept me and my brothers entertained for so long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, in our eyes as kids, he was up there with, like, Sandler and Carrie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he was just right up there with all them. So. He was like, a, and he had that, you know, that kind of Mr. Bean kind of. Oh, my God. You know, from right. the South, like. Yeah. Redneck Mr. Bean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Never Mr. did anything Bean's right. Fun. Then they'd have the little moments where he'd get serious in the movie. Yeah. Life you know, the lesson. Would, the lesson would be learned. Yeah. 
Uh, next up, what is Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie about? Loki Rider offers early insight. Loki and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, right? They need to shorten that, right? Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange in the MOM, in the mom. Doctor in the mom, okay? Um, Rider, so lo- the guy that's writing Multiverse of Madness is writing Loki, and it's Michael oh, Waldron. That makes sense. Yes, he has now offered some insight into his and Marvel Studios President Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie, which is shrouded in mystery. I hope Shroud's not involved. Uh, Though Waldron maintains the project's mystery, he could not help but compare his first foray into Star Wars with the MCU, revealing that his adventure in a galaxy far, far away will once again focus on a family of great characters within the epic scope. I think the success of the MCU is, for all the amazing science fiction and concepts and all that stuff, ultimately the success is built upon the characters. Their humanity, their very relatable conflicts, friendships, and the family that is the MCU. And I think Star Wars at its best is a story about family. Han, Luke, Leia were a family. You love seeing them together and you hated it when they were split apart. It's great characters. That's nothing new. I'm not going to blow anybody's mind with that headline, but that's my biggest takeaway. Um, since working on the uh, critically acclaimed animated series Rick and Morty, Michael Waldron has became a hot Hollywood property very quickly. Uh, while he was, of course, unable to give anything away regarding the plot of his and Feige's Star Wars project, Waldron heaped praises on the Marvel boss and his collaborative working practices. It is it is very early days on Star Wars. That's probably the thing I can say least about, unfortunately. The thing Kevin Feige shares in common with Dan Harmon and with Sam Raimi is an absolute collaborative spirit and a remarkable lack of ego given what he's accomplished. Kevin is a great listener. He wants to hear your ideas, take in how you might do something, and then help you make it better. Beyond all that, he's just a cool guy. Um, It says... Michael Waldron is currently busy with the standalone ventures of Marvel's fan favorite, God of Mischief Loki. Uh, and then they go into that. So, um, he's also writing that Hill show. Remember that the wrestlers, we watched the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. That. I mean, he's got a short writer list, but so far so good. Well, what's he got? That's it. It's Rick, Rick and, and Morty, Loki Hills, Dr. Strange. I mean, I mean, he's done some stuff he's produced and, on yeah. all of that, and so he but wrote that's a Loki good first. Okay, yeah. A lot of people I think, think that Doctor Strange is going to show up in Loki. He might. We thought he was going to show up in Wandavision. So yeah. And what if him and Wanda both? Yeah. Well, what if they both show up? Yeah. They're like Loki. We need you for something. Put this dick in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't bite it that's the fucking Loki ending that I want you know just you to save f- the timeline suck on this branch well Doc's, Doctor Strange gets out his sling ring and he starts doing the thing and instead of going through it he just sticks his dick through it and it just appears right in front like of a glory Loki. hole it makes, a, it makes <laughs> a cosmic condom out of it yeah he's like this is the only way I can get off now um so they're making a Toxic Avenger reboot. I don't know if we we've talked about this. I think right. Mm-hmm. 
and um, Kevin Bacon. Okay, I'm in is, now. Uh, I'm in. It's is set to face Toxie and Legendary's upcoming reboot of the Toxic Avenger. Currently in production with Macon Blair writing and directing the reimagining of the trauma entertainment classic will star Game of Thrones favorite Peter Dinklage as a new <laughs> as a new incarnation of the first superhero from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh Jacob Tremblay and Taylor Page are also a part of the movie and the cast is gearing up to start filming later this month. Kevin Bacon has been tapped to play a slick villain, <laughs> a slick and lightly, likely over the top villain. Just last week, there were reported rumors of Elijah Wood boarding the project to play the antagonist mm. described as the head of a shady company who embarks on a murder spree to become as powerful as Toxie. It is unclear if this is the role Bacon has been cast in, but as the call sheet doesn't include Wood's name, it could be that his casting didn't work out or the original report was erroneous. Or it could be cast in both of them. Um, do you know who Makeup Blair is? Um, it's the guy from I'm, Blue Ruin that acted in it. Yeah, uh, he was Green in... Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know he was a writer. Yeah. Didn't he help write some of, because he was in all of that dude's films, right? And I was thinking that he helped write one of them. I may be wrong, but he's, he's working on that. Making Blair, what he was a fantastic actor, man. That's gonna be a weird movie. What's that? Yeah, the toxic Avenger Uh, I mean, so he wrote the monkey's paw screenplay. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Uh, small crimes, hold the dark, toxic adventure and brothers. Brothers has Josh Brolin, Peter Dinklage and Glenn Close in it. Damn. Okay, uh, I see. I see. Yeah. So. Oh, he was but, a Logan Lucky. Who making buyer? Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome, man. Yeah. I really like him. Cool. I I really liked his character in Blue Ruin. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, that was a good movie. It's gonna be strange to see a, a Toxic Avenger movie with a budget. And Peter right. Dinklage playing Toxie? Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Mini me? That's going to be amazing. So that's all the movie news that I saw. I didn't, nothing else caught my attention. So. No. We've got, we got several trailers to to get through here. It was a good week. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen I mean, any we, of them. I dropped the trailer for that Ernest documentary in there. Okay, they had one on that page. It's only like well, hell, fuck yeah, hell, fuck yeah. <laughs> now I kind of want to go back and watch some Ernest. I haven't seen an Ernest movie in a minute, man. I mean, we should do them on the pod. <laughs> There's so many. 
I mean, we do a whole Ernest month. Just watch them all. If we do all of Ernest before we do all of James Bond, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah, but it's Ernest. But it's James Bond. Yeah. I guess you can't really compare the two. It's like apples to oranges. Travis, you sound like you're in another room. Don't know. <laughs> okay. All right, well, I'm re- Yeah. Um, Evil Dead I'm ready ready for, for Yeah, I'm ready for the trailers. And I saw this on uh Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> and I had to uh I had to send it to Adams cuz I don't have access to Discord at work cuz I work for a bunch of fucks. So but anyway, that's how I got to this. Uh, Bruce Campbell shared it. Because he's the king. Yep. You know? Baby. All right, y'all ready? I'm ready. Hell to the Deadites. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. I thought it was going to be the gorillas. That's our people. Yeah, right. Look at that jacket. <laughs> I know, right? I don't take it that far. No. Bruce Campbell's larger than life, dude. Yeah, I know, right? That's who I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. I'll watch it. Yeah, I would totally check that. And I hope that they do a little deep dive. I wish that they would do a legitimate, and I've seen some of them, but like a fucking full-on documentary for specifically the first two films because it was so guerrilla. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you hear, you know, like Bruce and other people talk about how they film certain things. And I would love to see like them talking about it and then the people trying to recreate it. You know what I mean? Like with those same techniques and everything. I mean, I guess I could do that. I could just strap my phone to a two by four, but (laughs) where's the fun in that? You know, Mm -hmm. 
So, so last week we got the Tomorrow War, and then now we've got the final trailer for the Tomorrow War. I think it's already on uh, Prime. Prime. I yeah, mean, it's it was, got it our board. Put up July. It's going up July second. So. Oh, so they're gearing up. Yeah, it's got JK in it. I'm ready. I'm right, good. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. He plays his dad? Holy shit. Plays a badass. Yeah. I'll get my coat. Mm-mm. I mean, why? Monster Hunter sequel looks pretty good. <laughs> I just saw a comment down there that said that's probably his daughters from the future. Yeah. Let's see. Wait, they're flying squirrels I mean, it's a pretty interesting idea for a movie, you know? Oh, yeah, no. I'd check it out. It's got Chris Pratt in it. CP? <laughs> I'm going to let him know that you're going to call him out. Die in a gunfight. I don't know what this is, but it's a movie. All right. You ready? Oh, yeah. Three, two, one, play.
<laughs> Sounds an anarchist. I am. What the fuck? Name drop. Well, the new Romeo and Juliet looks pretty yeah. good. Well, it's oh, like Hot Building McCoys meets Natural Born Killers. Yeah, I could say that. I'll tell you what so I this won't is... be seeing. <sighs> what? That movie. Oh, um, Frigga. So this trailer dropped a couple of days ago. I don't know if it's the same trailer that we've gotten or what, but. I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds, so, you know, I'm ready for this shit to come out. It feels like two years. I know, right? All right. But I'm ready for it. Three, two, one, play. <laughs> I don't want something inside me. This is a different trailer. He's the one. Yeah.
That's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> 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 Bring it on. It's too far away, man. I'm ready for it now. Dude, we know? watched that trailer like a year ago. <laughs> I know, man. So I dropped this in here Troll Hunters Rise of the Titans because it's got Guillermo del Toro's name attached to it, and it's mm. got to be better than that fish fucking movie. What's Netflix? Yeah. So it's automatically going to be better than that fish fucking movie. Aren't there like several of these troll hunter movies? I, I don't I know. was trying to trying to think, but I don't I guess so. I don't know. Tales oh, of Arcadia. Like a, like a series of kids books or something. Well, it's a series on Netflix. It's got 3 seasons. Yeah. 52 episodes from 2016 to 2018. And the guy that played Chekhov, Anton Yelchin, mm-hmm. the one that died, yeah. he was in that. And Kelsey Graham. So yeah. Now we're getting a movie. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm interested. I mean, Guillermo. Guillermo. So All I'm right. ready. Three, two, one, play. No way. It's weird. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. Unreal 5 looks cool. That's Kelsey Grammer. That lava beast looks cool. Yeah.
How do they work? <laughs> okay, okay. Looks better than that fish fucking movie. Just saying. So we got another Space Jam trailer, guys. I like how the comments are turned out. Are they? Yeah, dude. Oh, no. Yeah, they're definitely turned off. Wow. Well, I mean, people were probably talking about fucking the girl bunny and, you know, who knows what else. So. But uh, I'm I'm ready for it. Three, two, one, play. Short of Kevin Hart. <laughs> Don Cheadle. <laughs> Robot Cheadle? <laughs> no, don't change the song. The visual effects look really good. Yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I mean I'm gonna have to check it out man oh yeah hereafter here 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 here
Are the comments turned off? Nope. No. This top comment says, I just chooses Christina Ricci. She ain't half bad. (laughs) 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 I don't know what that means, but fuck it. (laughs) Somebody replied to it said, well spotted. I didn't recognize her. (laughs) All right. Three, two, one, play. I haven't seen her in a movie in a while. How could you not spot her? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what they all say. <laughs> You're going to hell. <laughs> wow. Well, that's already been explained. Oh. So, if they would have buried the lead and not said anything about that in the trailer of her being alive, yeah, I thought she I was think dead that, too. Yeah, because that would have been an amazing twist when you're watching the movie. It's like, oh, you know, yeah, she could see him. Yeah, I mean, because like it's a romance type film with a yeah. twist, right? But at the same time, it would be a double twist. If you're watching the movie and you find out that she's, you know, gonna die soon, alive, yeah, or that she's alive to begin with, you know what I mean? Like they gave way too much away. It's that guy. She's dude. alive. The, the the guy holding the poster up. It's like quit fucking showing the whole movie in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, for real, right? Because you know that she's gonna like not die, and he's gonna like fucking disappear from the face of the planet. Just to save you know, her. Exist. Yeah, he's yeah yeah exactly. We know we already know that movie. I think we own bad movies like that. And I'm not saying the movie's bad. I haven't seen it, but like bad movie trailers. We mm-hmm. need to start a new segment where we take a bet mm-hmm. on what's going to happen. And then we watch the movie, watch the movie and then see who gets the closest to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That had like city of angel kind of vibes. 
Yeah. So, I don't know what this next movie is, but um, it's got Luke Evans in it. So, and Nicole Kidman, Melissa McCarthy. Yes. All right, let's get it. So I'm, I'm interested. Let's do it. Three, two, one, play. Shit, who ain't? The phone? Yeah. Are they going to be taking that... Hedonistic lifestyle? She's a cult leader. What's that that shit they drink and they freak out? Ayahuasca? Yes. Oh, shit. Not a comedy. After 10 day, we have orgy. Yeah, they're tripping. Drink the mushroom tea, you know. a series Michael Shannon yeah that's definitely not a comedy looks interesting though that's like is this like Jim Baker Tammy Faye I think so yeah yeah it's got Jessica Chastain in it dude Yeah, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker rise from humble beginnings to create yeah, (laughs) televagical empire. I think this has got fucking um, Spider-Man in it. Andrew Garfield, I think. I'm not 100% sure. He's in the cast. That's in the description. I think he plays Jim Baker. Ooh, okay. Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one, play. These motherfuckers were multi-millionaires. Dude, he's playing Jim Baker? Yeah. He raised a lot of money. Oh, she's the older version.
I mean, that shit looks pretty good, right? Yeah, they're going to go it's like there. a character movie, you know? Yeah. Like, I had a double take to make sure it was Garfield. I know, right? He's fucking committing to it, ain't he? Might have to check that out on the pod. It looks good, man. Yeah. I like a good biopic, you know? Yeah. Masters of the Universe. Revelation. This is what Kevin Smith's been working on. Mm-hmm. So, and I haven't watched this yet, so I'm excited. I haven't seen it. Let's fucking give her a peepster, you know? All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. I like that animation style. Yeah. Masters of the Universe has always had the colors. Yeah. I mean, it was 80s. Yeah, it's a hero. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, it looks pretty good, right? Part one. Ooh. So they're doing it in like hour, hour and a half long sections. And they're not dropping it off at the same time. I know, right? Yeah, that look, that look bonkers. It says, please, please give a raise to whoever edited this trailer. Also next, Thundercats and Silverhawks. I'd love to see a Thundercats like that. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, that newer interpretation of Thundercats was pretty well done. I haven't checked it out. I may have to do that. It wasn't bad, man. I had a good time with it. This, uh, this next film or this next trailer, Invasions, it's got Sam Neill in it. Um, Sutter Kane, dude. I was about to say, do you read Sutter Kane? <laughs> this guy said, finally a trailer that doesn't ruin the movie by being a mini movie version of itself. 
<laughs> is he the guy? Oh, that's a chick. Is she the chick on the fucking straight corner? All right, I'm ready. ready. Yeah. Three, two, one, play. Appel. Oh, hey. Mm. Okay. I'm digging this. Yeah. Oh, so we gotta watch that. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Coming out. That's that's the best of the the best trailer so far. October twenty second. I'll add that is to the a, list. Is it a film or a series? We'll go to the damn. The Dime DD. Dime DD. I think it's a series. Let's see. Yeah, it's a series. Yeah. I mean,. It looks fucking amazing, though. Ten episodes. That's how you fucking do a trailer, man. Yeah, for real. They we don't know what shit the away. fuck's happening. <laughs> yeah, for, we know kids' nose are bleeding, and he's a sheriff. That's all I we mean, need I, to know. I was sold at Sam Neill, man. That guy can deliver some dialogue. Yeah, he can. I wish Tarantino would get him. Like, like... Harkening back to when he did that Merlin series, if yeah. anyone else had been cast as Merlin but him, that shit would have been dumb as fuck. Yeah. I haven't watched Merlin in fucking, like, 20 years, dude. All those old-ass weird... I don't want to call, sci- call it sci-fi, but it came on the sci-fi channel. That's how I was exposed to some of it. And plus, I had family members who had actual fucking copies of it but yeah. shit like merlin um there's a version of the odyssey 
that's like really goddamn long. But it's it, it's fucking on point. But it's got that you know it's not the best production value. Yeah, but I love all those old movies like that. Yeah, Sam Nils is shit, and that looks good. Yeah. So this trailer came out February the 17th. And the reason that I pulled this trailer was because I think they pushed the date out on it because of the pandemic. And there were people talking about it on um, on that movie news website where we get our movie news at. Yeah. So whenever I saw that and saw them talking about it, I don't remember watching the trailer for it. That's mm-hmm. why I dropped it. So. Um, yeah, I'm interested to check it out. I'm Shreddy. Shreddy Freddy. All right. Three, two, one, play. That. Uh. There's a fungus among us. It looks like a trip. Yeah, right. Literally. That's you know, the openly referenced stone date theory. That's what you talk about. It says mystery drama movie, but that looks a little bit a little bit of a horror thing going on there. Yeah, right. Looks psychedelic, man. Like another type of a a field in England. Where they're just just in one area for like 90 fucking minutes tripping balls, but they're like, he's, he clearly got just some measurements kid starving out in the woods and like, he's losing his fucking shit. Yeah. Let's fucking do mushrooms and review the movie, guys. Mm. <laughs> oh, thank you. It'll be fun, I swear to God. <laughs> no, <it> <laughs> I'll bring Snickers and we can cut the tops off and put them in there. 
All right, we got our earnest trailer. I'm ready to fucking check her out. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. It's just a. Damn. <laughs> I want to watch that, man. Yeah, I hope it gets made. Yeah. Right. I like the recommended Jim Varney stand up routine. Nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, I just clicked on that. I'm, I bookmarked it. I think I've ever seen a stand up. Damn, that's Ugh. that's pre earnest. Yeah. Way pre earnest, dude. So, uh, what are we going to watch next week? Yeah, what's it going to be? What is, uh, what's coming out on Warner Brothers next week? Is there anything big? I don't think Dune's coming out, right? No, I got to check. Because they were dropping a, let's see, HBO Max. There was something because we were going to watch. Was it? The, well, there's something after the Peanut Butter Falcon. I was thinking there was. We were looking at something. Wasn't that Infinite movie? Wasn't Saw? What comes out? Let's see. There was, it seems like there was something, but I don't, I don't even fucking remember, man. Do not remember. I'm looking at the. While I'm looking at this, I watched um, Sweet Tooth. Oh, yeah. Good show. Definitely be watching the next season. And I watched Utopia. Ah. Which is really good. Which I didn't know was a remake. Is it? another version of that in like 2000 or something. Same story, same everything. It's weird that they were. No. (laughs) <laughs> it's weird that they it it's really good man that utopia was really good like and it kind of plays on like viruses and pandy yeah government and corporations doing weird things with virus. it was like it was just a weird time for that to come out 
Yeah, right. But it was good. Is it just is it just a one and done? Like ah, one season? No, it'll be more. The way it left off. Oh, okay. And man, I thought I had it figured out, you know? Yeah. But you got hell hoodoo? no. Nobody out who does the hoodoo, hoodoo man. man. <laughs> Every time I think of that song, I think of it in uh, Go Away Baiting. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> done hoodoo the hoodoo man. I'm not seeing anything that's pulling my. Ain't nothing pulling your chain? His dream horse. Nope. I've only been watching documentaries lately. Hmm. Let's see. There's dragon. Hell no. I need to get up on that handmaid's tail. I know. I've heard good stuff. I think I'm going to start watching. um, uh, What's the movie with all the serial killers? Mindhunter? Yeah. That's really good. They do a BT. K episode. I mean, I know he's in there, and I want to see. Ed we watched stills the show in that that series. Yeah, we watched the first episode, and it was really, really good. I will say that the Saw movie's out. Yeah, so I'm looking at the upcoming releases here. So June the 16th, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard comes out, the and name? then uh, June the 18th, we've got. Summer of 85, and I think that that, oh, that's, uh, no, never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the summer of 69. Yeah. We got F9, Fast and Furious 9 coming out June the 25th. Zola's June the 30th. Um, the Forever Purge is July the 2nd. Black Widow's July 9th. Space Jam's July 16th. Um, old comes out July the twenty third. Uh, the Green Knight comes out July the thirtieth. So I don't. Oh, I, can't I mean, wait to see that. Yeah, Suicide Squad's August sixth. Free Guy comes out August thirteenth. Demonic that Bloomhouse mm-hmm. or not Bloomhouse, but Blumkamp that comes out August the twentieth. Candyman August twenty seventh. The Beatles Get Back also comes out August the 27th. That um, documentary? Get Back. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, we've got that Saw movie. We've got the new Conjuring. But if we're going to do the Conjuring, we have I to do all three. I haven't seen the others. Yeah. I th- you know. Um, uh, the Hole in the Ground, we got that. That's in here. I got a, a proposed Sam Raimi month right here um, of non-Spider-Man, non-Evil Dead films. We could we could do that for a month. Um, oh, the quick and the dead. Yeah, The Gift, Simple Plan. Is there anything that you've been wanting to watch, Trav? Not really, but I dropped a trailer for a, a damn good documentary I watched the other day. Glitch in the Matrix. Magnolia Pictures. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. If there's anything that we put on the back burner. 
to oh, hold no, for a Sam Raimi directed the Quick and the Dead. Yeah. Well, on that thing it's... there, we've got those the hole in the ground. No sudden move doesn't come out until July, I think. Yeah. Which I do want to watch. Hmm. Let's, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be kind of scarce the next couple of weeks here. I'd say up until Black Widow, which is July the 9th. So we've got one, two. We've got four weeks. Three. Yeah. We could go ahead and do the. The Sam Raimi, you know, we'll be doing Loki along with it. Yeah. And then that'll help us get set up for some future titles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, do y'all want to do them in that order, or y'all want to do them in a different order? I mean, because I kind of want to watch The Quick and the Dead first. Yeah. How about we go back so, Okay, yeah. Quick, Quick in the, the Dead, gift. The Gift. Simple Plan. Simple Plan, Dark Man. So that'd be from the newest to the oldest, right? Pretty sure that's how I'll put them in there, the oldest to the newest. So I'm cool with that. You cool with that, Trav? Sure. I mean, Quick in the Dead has a fucking all-star cast. I like man. that movie a lot. I do, too. I actually saw it not... It hadn't been that long. Yeah. Preacher. I mean, Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, Russell Crowe, Leonardo DiCaprio, Leo. Tobin Bell, uh, Lance Henriksen, Keith David, Gary Sinatra. I haven't watched it in so long, but I'm excited. I think I watched it on Prime. And I wasn't going to... Oh, that came out in 1987? What? The Quick and the Dead? No, uh, came that's out in a different one. Yeah, the original came out in 87. I'm like, what? That the original's got Tom Selleck in it, right? Uh, not nah, Sam Elliott. It's, I thought it had uh, Tom Selleck in it for some reason. I don't know. It's fucking got Running Wolf. Running Wolf. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cool with that. DTW. DTW. And then when we come That's back, all... we'll have like the Hitman's body. If you know if you guys want to see those and yeah, whatever else we get into. We'll get yeah, into some. Well, I mean, we'll... when we come back from that, we'll have Black Widow. Um, we gotta watch we'll that have, ASAP. Yeah, might have to put off a Raimi week for that, but uh, that'd be all right. Um, old if the if that becomes available, you know, Green Knight if that's available, oh my Suicide God. Squad, Free Guy. So I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming Good up. Shit just coming nothing. in the pipeline. Yeah, for sure. And Loki. And Loki. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Legit, right? How, how many? Do we know how many? 
Let me look. How many episodes? Yeah, I'm going to look real quick. I think it's six total. I think we got five more. Which is, fucking, I mean. Uh, come on. I mean, they're only doing what they got to do to tell the story. Yeah. I get it. Don't drag it out. It's leading into stuff. Yeah. The implications. I like know? how they do these shows now, too, man. Like, one episode will be a little bit longer. The other one, they'll be short. You know what I mean? They don't. Yeah. They don't stick to a specific time slot. When he said, I'm going to gut you like a fish. The guy said, it's like, what's a fish? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I need to know what yeah. it is before I agree to it. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, we're going to get on Quick and the Dead next week. Yeah, let's fucking do it. I'm going to go ahead and add all this to the server so that we'll be good to go. Checks in the mail. <laughs>